time. Okay, um, how many of you were not here this morning? How many of you were not here this morning? Came late. So motion. Okay. So motions request. I wasn't okay. here. I was there. I was there. I was there. Okay. Um, I I sometimes do this as a joke. You know, like somebody walking in. That is the most important thing. And without that, I think you can understand how I'm here. Which Isaac already knows all my shit. He knows that I'm joking. But actually, this morning I was really quite sincere. I said stuff that was really, I think, very fundamental and important. And I'll try as best I can to recap it without without wasting too much time because I. Um, the reason anybody is curious, why did I do it? This, I mean, I think it's fair game that we could, I could use that slot, the twelve thirty slot in the morning on, on Sunday, uh, to continue our thing. Since that is dedicated for the Holy Chief, anybody who wants to be can be there and should be there actually. Um, but that doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, and our time is our time is somewhat limited here because um, then Shushan gets back sometime in the next few days. Perfect. Thursday. And so oh, Thursday's anyway a fast day. Yeah, one of these. Really fast day? What fast? I started this. Um, but then in any case, so that we have till then to try to complete everything. I have a lot to give over. I'm condensing a lot of information. So and I and I don't want to rush this so that I don't warn you guys talk and joke and do all the things we need to do here. So with that in mind, a quick recap. Um, if you look at the checklist, it's not magical. This is just what I came up with personally um, over the years in, in teaching this. Do you want to these, Sean? Um, what I've come up with over the years. Jesse, you have one of these, right? Is this, is this different than the from mine? You said you had. I had a 15 point, and what I realized is that some of them were redundant, or they really deserve to be. Um, Included under one head. So, so I, I've, resh- I've reshuffled them. So I'm saying, I don't think they're not all that what's the most girl, they're all just. Right, These are, this is a checklist of things to be considered like as you're dating. And as you go into the process, this is what I suggest, and I'm sure you can come up with a, a, a different, maybe, you know, superior list. This is what I suggest. Is there a different checklist? My request, though, as I said, I said earlier, my voice, especially, I talk all day, all day I talk. Uh, and so it's, it's waning a little bit. So as, as far as you can have Rahmanas on me, I'm grateful. The, um, we said this morning then, starting really with number three, which I realize now I should even re- redo this, I should put number three, number one, except I can't not put davening first, because davening is everything. If you daven to Ganesh Baruch Hu, you know, you daven, you daven for the right things, that's, that's first and last and everything in between. Um, but but the relax, realize you're clueless and remain clueless was a several step important way of looking at I think life. It's not just marriage, but it's particularly marriage. Um, and I, I was I was I, I described the American, not just American, but one finds this particular quality in the American culture of people who think they can perfectly plan out their lives and have it all worked out with this. Uh, college funds and uh, the bingo club and the golf course membership and then your great plots are all bought and they get all, all worked out. It's one of the things, let's say, it's the same quality that one finds that some parents tends to feel that they should micromanage their children's lives and that they own their children. <clears throat> that's not that's not the halacha. Parents don't own their children. They have obligations to their children, but we don't. We, we, but we don't. We shouldn't micromanage things. And just so, so too, you can't micromanage your life with regards to marriage. And I, I made a whole discuss- I made a whole case that um, you don't know yourself before you're married. You, when you get married, you'll be a, in many ways, a very, very different person. You'll have responsibilities. You'll have this other person you're going to have to answer to. Now you can, if you feel like it, you can randomly go out for a piece of pizza. What's the difference? But you know, when you're married, it's not really beseder. You have to call up your wife. Do you feel like going out for pizza? Oh, you made meatloaf tonight. My favorite. Uh, right? And and whatever. What, uh, my wife's meatloaf is really yummy, actually. Um, be careful. The, uh, <laughs> I know. I realize that. 
The, uh, um, but um, but you're suddenly not an independent agent, and you change under those circumstances. You're just a different person um, in, in, that, in that regard. So you don't know yourself. You certainly don't know her. She doesn't know herself. She won't know you. So there's a huge amount of mystery in the whole equation, which on the one hand should terrify you and make you feel, oh, no, what am I getting myself into? I'll never know. And, but I'm claiming that simultaneously that should liberate you. That should make you feel great and should give you very much off of what we were just talking about, the sense of, you know, it's all in Hashem's hands. A Hashem is in charge. So my job is to do my ishtadlus. I have to go through the motions, and there's certain things, and that's my checklist and other things too. You have to go through the motions, try to find the things that are compatible personality-wise, try to find good needles, try to find those things that you think I think are most important. But then, more important than anything else, you have to you have to um, I have one more of these if that's one. Um, as best you can, you have to um, let a Kaddish Baruch Hu take over. Um, and I think that's liberating. And, and um, I, I used one nafkameter from that approach. As I said this morning that um, you don't have to go necessarily on umpteen dates. I don't know. And I said that indecisiveness is often immaturity. People who can't make decisions. It's, it's, it's coming. And sometimes it's immature. Sometimes it's, coming from, it's often coming from a lack of bitachon. At one point, you have to take the plunge. And that's true, certainly in marriage, but it's also true about career decisions, and it's true about where you're going to live in life, and uh, how you're going to raise your kids, and other big kinds of questions. Um, you have to do what you think the best your limited knowledge is right, uh, and, and go weiter with it, and you have to try to do it the same shemaim. So, yeah, go ahead, Isaac. Okay, that's what's your name? My name's already Peter. Why once? Good, nice to meet you. We all go back to the I have a pizza. I'm happy we have it. Meatloaf pizza. Jewish much? Okay. Jewish. So we're talking about love and marriage, and we're talking about going and dating, and how you have all. I'm not going to Go ahead, Isaac. Sorry. Think, I did. If you went out with a number of people and nobody's specifically like, and then you go one person and they like you, but you don't like them, and you're saying that I'm being too picky, basically, and I should just have faith that I didn't say that. I didn't say it, but I appreciate the question. Like I appreciate the question. I, I'm not saying I that. No, it's legitimate that you might decide I don't like this person. It's not not right for me, and therefore I'm not. You know, I don't feel it's right I, for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes very personal, important reasons. Um, Chazal, among other things, I'll say it now since you bring it up. Um, you're allowed to say no to a girl because she's not attractive. The Gemara in Kedushin, also the first parak, also the same place where we learn Tavli Mekta Tandu that I keep quoting, the, um, the Chazal, Chazal say that um, a man is forbidden, it's usher for a man to marry a woman sight unseen. Because if you marry her sight unseen and she may be repulsive to you or just not attractive to you, you may not come to love your wife. What, what you read into those lines of the Gemara is you see, Chazal understand men part of the package, it's, it can't be everything, but at least a piece of the decision when you're deciding to get married is she has to be somebody who's physically attractive yeah. to you on some level. doesn't have to be the biggest knockout in the world, but somebody, somebody who's... So if you decide for that reason or many other reasons that she's not appropriate, fine. 
What do you say about being decisive? Yes, if you went out with a new number of people, and clearly it means that you're immature. I think, no, it's coming from, uh, here's, I'm going to beat up the Western world again because it's so easy and yes. fun to do. The, um, is, is, is this notion that the, every other love song you've all been brainwashed by, every other love story that you've been brainwashed by, that there's the perfect one out there, and you make me so very happy, and, and all those, every every cliche that's out there in the world that's, that's completely messed with our sense of propriety, there is no living happily ever after. There is no notion that you'll fall in love and live happily ever. It just doesn't happen. There's no such thing as that. I gave. I think in one of our last class we talked about the ice cream metaphor. You get sick of it after a while. If lo- what they call love, you know, the chazanish, we call kares. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can never get sick of ice cream, Rabbi. Oh, the same ice cream every single day. I dare you. You're gonna you're gonna throw up at the end. You're you're doing doing my heart. I want to do it for six months. I know. I took more time. I took more wine. Take explain. You get you get the gist. You get the idea. What really? What what people think they fall in love? What they're what they're really? What they're really? What they're confusing love is with lust. Is with is with the Sahara. The true love. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. I, I um, what everybody should do when you get married, when you get engaged, and so on. You should make sure you have good people around you, good rabbis, rebbitzins. Make sure she's learning with a very stark rebbitzin, Tars Mishpacha laws, because you'll be in her hands. She's got to know her things. She's got to know her stuff around the Tars Mishpacha. That's complicated stuff. Um, but um, I, I was. We learned with a couple. Great people, really, really fine people, um, and um, I always perceived them. He was a rebbe where I was, where I was learning, and you know how people make this mistake? They often um, build up their rebbes into being more than they actually are. Uh, you hear beautiful ideas from the rebbe, and you assume, oh, the rebbe is that idea, and so I did that with them. They were like this perfect couple, so I perceived, and then these beautiful kids, and just everything about them, just uh, perfect people kind of thing, right? Um, and um, he leveled with me. We're sitting and talking, uh, you know, we're learning one-on-one, all the laws of Tash Mishpach and a lot of other things. And he said, oh, yeah, I never learned um, how to really give to my wife. It took me about 10 years until I finally, really finally gave to her in a way that she was satisfied and gave her presence and made her feel good about herself and so on. And I was floored. That was such a revelation for me because I, you perfect people took you 10 years. And, and then as you get married, you realize... True love is something. I mean, who are our who are who are the prototype of lovebirds in the Torah? Want to get a, grab a bench so there's room yes, for everybody? I want to say that. I, I was thinking Avram and Sarah. I mean, we could argue. We could argue. Wait, yeah, yeah. Thirty years of absence. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Torah presents. It's not a coincidence that the Torah presents us with Avram and Sarah at the end. You know, when they're old, old people at the end of the line, as it were, um, you know, after a life of struggling together, finally you know the other person, you know their idiosyncrasies and all their, all their hang-ups and the rest, and you finally know how to give to them adequately. That's, that's a very different concept of love. And so the kinds of criteria that we would use maybe to, you know, to choose somebody are very different. Um, you're asking Isaac about, you know, uncertainty. I think we're plagued with uncertainty about lots of things in life. But you're saying you can make, you can, you can, you can make it work with anybody. I'm willing to say, okay, you're reading into my words a little bit, but I'll, I'll accept the debate. We, my wife and I refer to this 
issue as some people are high maintenance and other people are low maintenance. Do you know what I'm talking about when I use that expression? Yeah. It's yeah. relative. Some people, we have, we have a friend, he's a big Tommy Chacham, who's <laughs> very funny, and they actually got married the same day we got married, and we, we were friends as young couples at y, when we were at YU together. And we, when we were talking about the dating process and what it was like for them. And he said, oh yeah, I went out with a girl first. I went out with one girl and she was really nice. I could have married her, but she didn't want to marry me. And he's a very funny guy. And then, um, and then later on he said, oh, and then I, then I, then I debated, and then I, I dated Yaeli, who is his wife. And he said, she was nice too. And she did want to marry me. And it was so funny, because if you know the guy, he is totally low maintenance. No, you know, no, and he probably could marry just about anybody and make it work. That he's the extreme. And then there are people who are extremely finicky, high maintenance, very particular about what works and what doesn't work. Most of us fall somewhere in between on the spectrum. You have to know yourself. You have to have a certain amount of self-awareness. Um, one of the things I said this last week, I, I very strongly encourage you, independent of this class in general, work on yourself, that you have this luxury, this gift that Kach Baruch has given you, and time in yeshiva, you're here for a year or two or five, um, that you can... Um, you can become a mensch. You can work out a lot of your issues. Take the time. Have a muster seder, a serious muster seder, 5, 10, 15 minutes every day. When you sit, maybe with a friend, hashing out, go with a good book, classic book of muster, and figure out what, who you're going to be when you grow up. What is your life about? Work out your issues. Get to know yourself. Learning muster, among other things, brings about a lot of self-awareness. You become much more, yeah, I'm high maintenance or low maintenance, and then go accordingly. But even high maintenance people, Saha called at the end of the day, we have to be talking, we have to realize there is no perfection out there. The perfection is, Hakobi Deshman puts me here, is my working at it and trying to make it work. And I will always have doubts. Do you know, do you know probably the time in life that you are more plagued with doubts than any other time is this time? Rabbi Pitham, I quoted you. Um, you had this wonderful aside in that, in that, in that uh, we did it last week, and when you were talking about your mother, last year, and then you, I don't remember how you branched into this, but you're talking about when you got engaged, I don't want to put words in your mouth, no, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say it, say it over, it was fantastic. I said, well, the day I got engaged, I said to my wife, now I believe in the, the day of death, which is probably the most romantic thing I said to my wife, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, these good one-liners, I said, why, because it's a certain thing that you never think will happen to you, who's going to want to marry me? <laughs> So try to make it easier on yourself and have a short and short engagement, just get married. And then when 
One of the reasons why I think the Jewish approach to love and marriage is so down to earth and correct and emistic, and obviously it is come from Torah, it comes from is because we don't start with this strange notion of falling in love and living happily ever after. We recognize that the beginning is going to be the hardest time. There are going to be all kinds of misunderstandings and problems in the beginning, and now's the time you have to work hard recognizing that. And when it happens, so you realize, okay, Mishkeferlach, not so terrible. But there's plenty of room. Um, I keep suggesting that we get a bench anticipating. I know, forget it. Forget it. Um, plenty of room. Um, so, so you hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? That it's, it, it, these are, these are, there's, there's no science to this. And at the end, it's just like you have to choose lots of things in your life. You have to learn what you learn. And then make a decision. Wait, so wait, you have two, equal, two, two different people that have the same types of uh, goals, and how, do you, and how you choose between them, the same thing. Make it work equally with anybody if they have the same type of In theory, but I think that there's certain things, when I said you should have a Muslim standard, there's certain things that you know about yourself that are disqualifying. There's certain people, I mean, let's say there's certain physical qualities that you find repulsive. Okay, that's reasonable. You can, you can um, forgive yourself for being, a human, for being human and having certain things that are absolutely, that's fine. Um, honestly, we're in the easier demographic for this discussion. You can't be comfortable like that, Julian. I know where it's I know what it is. Oh, you guys. Oh, my Um, those of you who didn't get one of these, I need my, I need this one, but uh, we'll give extra you this afterwards. Um, get with somebody, I'll sit here somebody, that's, that's okay. You're comfortable? Okay. Okay. I'm fine, I'm good. No escapes, really. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to use that paper anyway. Was I just saying I just lost it? Uh, uh, the best time, the hardest time, you fix everything. Yeah, sure. well, no, after the beginning, the beginning is the hardest time. What sort of an idea is the best time to find the hour back? Probably I knew I was going to say something. <laughs> find a bench. Find a bench. Find a bench. Yeah. I said that. I or a bench. Or a bench. Or a There we go. It's hot in here. And hopefully you should all marry benches. Okay. What do you do? We already talked about, we talked about there's a quite a range in, in one extreme, let's say, in many Hasidic communities. There's one date, two dates maybe, three dates, then really stretching it out. In other, in other scenarios, I would say certainly more modern. The more modern you get, the more dates you have. I put a question on that. How many dates, just how many dates you really need? Um, yeah, it, it, you know, where do you go about dating? Um, that also varies from culture to culture, usually in a neutral place. Hopefully we don't have too many friends who can whisper and giggle at you. Uh, and you um, you have to be careful, by the way, of certain halachas like yichud. Somebody asked me, um, a, guy, a nice guy who I was close to uh, one of the programs downstairs, had a great idea for going on a, on a date. He wanted to go on a hike with her. Which is kind of nice because you get out and you see how people are. And when you're on the trail, you can like, see different, different personalities. What's that? She wears heels. That's true. It's true. On a hike, that wouldn't go very well. It's true. But I said, I said, well, he had he picked a place that happened to be a very secluded spot. I said, that's Yehud. That's Osir. Right? You have to think. You have to think with Halacha in mind too. You know, that Yehud. You're not allowed to be isolated. Exactly. There, there's certain people having Yehud with uh, an older grandmother figure is still Osir. But it's much more usher to have yichud with a woman who may be your, who may be spouse material, who might actually be your, your, your besherit. 
So, um, so you have to be very careful. You have to go to a place that's populated. So stereotypically, and really not, not problematically, hotel lobbies are often places that people sit. One of the ideas is um, you don't want to have to, even if you're, even if you are well to do, there's no reason that you should have to spend a lot of money in this Free process. Days. Free days. Free days. Free days. I, right. It's not a time to show off your, your money or your wealth. It's a time to get to know each other in a neutral place. So you can go for a walk. You can go. You can go meet in, in, a, in, in a cafe, but not nothing expensive. And they'll show up. It's On the other hand, and generally speaking, um, this is going to sound almost uh, self-evident, but maybe it's not. Um, guys are not always so good at this. The guys pick up the tab. Uh, and they make sure that the girl is, you know, they can get there on their own, but you have to make sure that the girl has a way of getting home. If there's a problem of yichud, if you're giving her a ride home, and sometimes there is such a problem at nighttime and so on, you certainly could be driving in a car alone at night. But it's, but it's not always, it's not an absolute. Well, abs- uh, yichud is a whole topic. I don't want to get to yichud right now. Um, roll down the windows may or may not work at nighttime. Nighttime, nighttime is more problematic for Yichud, especially in such a place, especially when, you know, you have the wheel and the keys, and you can turn off to a side street very easily. That's classic Yichud. Yichud is, you know, it's Machlokas Rashi Tosfos, what exactly, is it a prohibition derisa in and of itself, or is it because it might lead to something? But even according to the first few, if it leads to something, that's definitionally Yichud, right? So you could actually drive off somewhere. To an isolated location, that's Yichud. So, um, so as such, you could put her in a cab. You can make sure she's taken care of. But be a thoughtful mensch. As much as that may be really obvious, you'd be amazed at how many guys are clueless about these things. So, if you learn the topic, at least I can say I taught you that much. Be other directed. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, in the terms of the issue of Yichud for cars, no one has for Weisenstein. Uh, actually, went one night took like a stopwatch. And uh, discovered that uh, until like one o'clock in the morning there was a car going like every ten minutes or so. So he said until one o'clock in the morning there was no issue. In cities, in certain city streets, on the city street. The problem that doesn't address though is the idea of of with the being in control of the wheel, being able to turn off to a side street. What if she drives? So what's preventing, what if she what's drives, preventing him from doing that? Why would he drive around Flatbush? Maybe not. That's Rob why Rav Moshe has a famous Chuba point on this, on this point by Yichud and Charles. He says why everything equal. On a highway, it should be fine, no? He says by Yichud, everything being equal, better not to give rights to women. He said, unless maybe, he said there's some exceptions. Three women in the car. If three women are under certain circumstances, it's maybe okay. Notice, notice it's like, you know, it's not, it's a little complicated. Um, but on a date, one-on-one, where... Um, date three women at a time. What's that? Speed dating. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, go ahead. is a prohibition. Again, it's a mafloquist. Is it the right side of the front? is a prohibition of one man and one woman, or conversely, one man and two women being alone together. And as I said, I, I said it very quickly, just now you got all the rest of that, right? So thanks for asking. I bet you're not the only one who, who wanted the answer to that. Um, it's also potentially, Moshe, you said before, one in three. A man, let's say, whose business is with women, and therefore he's a little more friendly. People gospel is the expression. He's more friendly. He has more intimacy. He has to be even more concerned with people. So it may be that up to one man and four women, uh, a man teaching in a seminary might have to be careful with up to four women. Uh, potentially, if they're problems. I mean, you know, red-blooded men and women 
not always a good cocktail mix. You know, like there's potential issues here, and you know, and, and uh, you're, you're dating, you're trying to show your, your uh, you know, your good side as best you can. Um, generally speaking, the code, uh, somebody asking to, to walk through, what do you do? So somebody in Yiddish, at least, it's called reds a shidduch. They they suggest a shidduch. Um, in many circles, the parents are involved, and I encourage you warmly to let your parents be involved in this. One, um, t- today, people aren't so close with their families. It's uh, We're living in strange times. It's not like it was through most of Jewish history, where there was more open channels of communications between parents and children, uh, but it's tragic in that way, because as much as you might have problems with your parents, and most teenagers do, it's normal and healthy, and all the rest of that, and oh, mom, oh, dad. You know the Mark Twain quote? I didn't I quote it the other day? Yeah, yeah. Right at 14, my dad was such an ignoramus, I couldn't stand to have the old man around, but when I turned 21, suddenly I couldn't believe how much he'd learned in seven years. Um, but we're all kind of like that with our parents, and somehow the parents come around. One of the things about your parents is, um, the scary news I told you also is that we become like our parents. And they have, I know, I know, that's very scary, but it's true. How do you know how to be a human being? Your parents were your first role models, so you absorb the last of I know that maybe they may they may send some of you into, into conniptions right now, but that's that's, that's simply true. And um, and as a result, your parents might be your best advisors in this process. Among other things, you might be looking right now. What do I look for right now? But they have a little bit more in mind of who's going to be a compatible life match. 20 years from now, 40 years from now, when you're looking for very, very different qualities that you might consider in your in your foolish youth. So, you know, having having consultation with your parents and again with senior kinds of people is is, is very, very strongly encouraged. Um, Rav Shach points out that wherever you go on shidduch dates, it has to be, he felt it was imperative, that it has to be in a relaxed environment. You should feel no pressure. Uh, there was an example. It was a bachar who was, who was offered, the girl's family was offering to fly him out to date the girl, and Rav Shach forbade it. He said, because with the bachar's going to go out, he's going to be under immense pressure. Look at all the expense they went to to pay for me and so on. It's not going to be, the atmosphere is not right uh, to make an objective decision. Is this a girl that's going to be right for me? And the wealth also speaks a little too strongly. Person, money is a factor, but the Gemara has very strong words about somebody who marries for money. Uh, if, that's your pri- if, that, if that's your primary motivation in marrying this girl, your marriage is not going to end well. The Gemara says explicitly. So, and, you know, somebody's flying you out, their money's speaking maybe a little too strongly, or shock was not in favor. Aye, but maybe she's the sheriff, maybe she's the right one. Fine, let it happen more naturally. Let her come and spend time in Eretz Yisrael independently or something like that. But maybe it's not meant to happen altogether. Uh, you shouldn't have to do this. Uh, let's go down my checklist. Um, as, I said, as I said, it's not a magical list, but it's, it's what I've come up with. Um, when I say you should dab in, um, you know what each dab list is? You know the terminology? I'll define. There's what they call bitachon. That means HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides everything. Who's going to live, who's going to die, who's going to be wealthy and healthy and all the rest of that. Everything. Every year it's set on... Thank you, Rosh Hashanah, and everything else we go through um, to an extreme that we don't necessarily even realize in the course of our lives. Um, we then, what is the point of getting a job? That's called Hishtadlus. Hishtadlus. We got to go through the motions. How much Hishtadlus? How much is a big question. Uh, this is not our topic right now, but I, I give one of these classes I give towards career and how to juggle jobs and Torah and, and, and that, that whole question. Um, Learning Kolon. So how much ishtadlus you have to go through? Video chat. So it's a it's a machlokus in the post game. There are those who hold that they're, they're, the the highest level, the potential level for all of us is you don't have to do any ishtadlus. You have to make you don't have to get a job. You can learn Torah all day. 
Uh, it apparently, Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, who was a Gadol in Yerushalayim uh, about 100 years ago, um, nobody ever, uh, no, more than, less than 100 years ago, he lived until the 1930s, um, he, nobody ever saw him make any conscious effort to make a pranasa. And there are others who espouse this view. Rav Moshe disagrees. Rav Moshe says even somebody of that stature has to do some nominal, minimal kind of ishtablis. Do something. But even according to the second view, the hishtadlis that we're doing is just our part. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you have to be a partner in a law firm where you basically work 24-7 and have no life, have no wife, have no any free time for anything. Uh, you know, American style, where, like you are your career, you're married to your job. That's the, that's, that's the notion. That's way more hishtadlis than anybody recommends. Uh, we'll have to talk about career and, and how, to, how to balance that out. Well, in Shiduchim, we have to do hishtadlis too. I have to find the right girl. So... This question that we were just debating and so on about well, how much shouldn't I figure it out? Shouldn't I know her every last recipe that she knows how to make? And shouldn't I find out every last childhood trauma that she endured? I would say no. That's too much. It's excessive ishtadlis. Talking to umpteen people about everything to do with this girl, I think you drive yourself and her crazy. And, 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 and actually, I mean, in one story, this is a true story, um, she wanted to test if he, how well he reacted under stress. Oh, so, so they were driving, I guess it was in a city, it must have been, oh, must have been under circumstances, they were driving, you know the story. Yeah, it's a famous story, right? So, so, um, so at a traffic light, it was red light, um, right before it turned, it, it turned green, so she took the keys out of the ignition. And then the light turned into a busy intersection, and he couldn't go, and everybody behind him is honking, and they're understandably irate. What's going on? Go. And he said, um, can I have the keys back? Because I need to drive now. And he maintained composure the entire time, and she didn't give back the keys. It took a long time, and finally she gave back the keys. He passed the test, and he passed on the shidduch. <laughs> so, yeah, that's ex- that's not even established. That's nuts. The girl's a lunatic, right? You don't you don't want to marry such a person. Why not? I, I heard spontaneous. I heard it. Uh, she told her, okay, good, you passed the test. And you told her, well, you did it. Right, exactly, exactly. Be a human being first before you do any of this of this nonsense. And when I write here on the thing, your main shadows is davening, is recognizing Kaddish Baruch Hu, we determine who you're going to date and who's going to be right for you. Um, right, you should daven for, I write this here too, not only for the right spouse, but for the right timing in life, because that's also a question, we didn't really resolve that last week. There is no magical time. So hopefully you'll be up for it, whenever it is, whenever it comes about. We gave different ages. I told you people, the post scheme nowadays say, not like the Gemara, Gemara says 18, many of the post schemes say into the 20s, and maybe even later, potentially. And uh, whenever it is, hopefully it'll be the right time for you, and you should rise to whatever challenges. That's the shot, by the way. If you look at Rav Arya Carmel's perush on the Mikta um, Miliao, he says, what are we saying when we say mazel tov? It's a great shot. What does mazel tov mean? Congratulations. Congratulations is a useless Goyesha idea. I'm not saying congratulations. What's mazel tov? You should have good mazel. Tov mazel. What's mazel? Mazel the constellations, the mazalos, cosmology. So the mazel is what determines whatever set, it's really what we were talking about earlier, all the various circumstances of your life. Mazel tov, you should have, you should be able to rise to the challenge of whatever your mazel presents you in the best of your ability. Usually we say, we wish each other mazel tov when you get to an important transition in life and you're moving on to the next phase, when you get to the next, yeah, I don't know, I'm trying. So you wish people mazel tov, not as a, oh, have a very nice time, have a nice life. No, I don't care about that. It's, it, you, should, you, should, you should struggle to, as best you can to rise to the challenges, of course. You should daven. You should daven for divine assist. 
along those lines. So that is huge, and don't underestimate it. And you can start davening now for things. Anybody heard of Steyer on the subject of davening? Well, any room left? Um, Looks so happy. Um, Very happy. Those are really big Pringles. The um, Ruf Steyer, Steyer, anybody heard him on the bus? We were, the, we were coming down from the Golan Heights earlier this year. He spoke, I think maybe three of us were awake. It was unfortunate because he was so, so profound. You have to hear everything that Ruf Steyer says is the most profound Torah. I talked about if you want things in life, ask Hashem for them. Ask Him, open your mouth. You'd like to be alive tomorrow? Ask for it. It's not given. You'd like your parents to be okay? You'd like your family to be okay? You want things? You want to find a nice shidduch? Ask now. It's not too early. Um, so ask that when it comes around, with all the good time not ready yet. I have it done for right now. That everything should come at the right time. Everything should come and I should have it. I should have the Shmai to be able to choose. Come sit, there's no room. Okay. You're all coming for Shabbos? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so, yeah, last plan. Why would we? My wife just baked up a cheesecake store last night from Lava Mall. Wow. Uh, um, That's just like a taste. Okay. Number two. Number two. I'm going to finish this today. Or I, I dare myself to finish this today. Um, number two. Maybe this is really obvious, self-evident, but you all have access to one of these sheets. Menschle type. Um, this is often stress. You ever notice this in life? Does not bring out our best. I can't deal with you now. I'm stressed. People get angry. They lose it. They flip. They they flip out. No, no. But bring that with And this is a particularly stressful phase because you're being judged for how you are as a person. So it's very raw. Very. You kind of. Exp- you're vulnerable. You're exposing yourself to the world, and you're opening yourself up for the worst possible fate: rejection. And when, when she rejects you, sometimes she's rejecting you because you're a jerk. Right? So that's, that's the worst. Up, it's, huh? It really can be. It can be. How would you know? Usually, you're, usually you're right. Fair enough. Part of the shit of process is the first date. After the first date, usually the code is, and I, I'm saying again, it varies from place to place, but you go out, the shot Khan is whoever the third middle person is, you know, sets up the date. They don't exchange phone numbers necessarily, unless there's some kind of logistic need to exchange phone numbers. And after the date, the agreement, the tacit agreement is, you don't call one another, you call the Shadchan or Shadchanit, and you say yes or no, and no explanations need to happen. Is the point that it should be cleaner? Or, or just yeah, it's more dignified that way. It it's more humane. So in other words, it's part of the deal, it's expected, so it's, it, it's very plausible and reasonable. You call back, you say, and it, it happens It happens not infrequently, not infrequently where one side is interested and the other one's not, but it's understood, you know, so they say, no, no, okay, it's part of the deal, and I knew that was coming, coming into it, but you realize, under these circumstances, that's really hard. When you know you think, and in fact, it happened. It happened. You know, well, it's not hard for our, our daughter. I'm thinking of one particular time. Our daughter said no emphatically, and he said yes emphatically. And we knew that. We knew that. Like, and, and he thought, yes, this is going on. And my daughter said, yeah, it was a really nice date, but no. <laughs> the date is not the thing; it's the person. And so, and and that's you're leaving yourself vulnerable to the world. That's the pits. Anybody enjoy being rejected, particularly? No. Yeah. So <laughs> given given hold on hold on given that it's our job here, Hush Barkle's watching us under these circumstances, be the biggest mensch you can be. 
love the other person like you love yourself. You have to have a respect for this other human being, especially if she's not the one, that she should be let down gently, just like you should be let down in the best way you can. Um, you have to know, you have to be sensitive, tactful on the date. Um, I knew of one scenario where, um, well, this is not so much mentally, it's, it's but this is basically just being a human being. On the date, in the middle of the date, he... Um, Picked his nose, oh. <laughs> and it wasn't one of those like you know something like so. This was a full-on like uh, index yeah. finger right up front and center, touching the brain. Her nose, and, and, and there was a tiny wig. Her nose. And it was she, hold on. She, she was. You know, they were talking, and then she unfortunately had the bad timing of making eye contact with him at that moment, and there was just nothing to do or say about it. And you can't. Laugh. Thank you. <laughs> And then they are the middlers. Uh, but do they ask for more than that? Like why or whatever? Do you tell them why? What if they ask? Like you tell them? We have, it, it does come up, let's say, if you not to t- not to share with the boy or the girl and their family, but um, for if that shotgun might want to make a future match, then at least they understand what you're looking for and what you're not looking right. for. Not, not for the other party. They're not for the other party. Right. Unless, 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 maybe there's two elements. Like in one scenario, for example, I know that the boy was simply not very other directed. He, um, on the first date, he brought no drinks and didn't offer to buy any. And she was visibly dehydrated. And still <laughs> yeah, maybe it wasn't on purpose. Maybe the next, she agreed to go out a second time, and on the next date, um, she, she gave feedback to the Shah Khan who gave feedback to the boy that that was not appropriate. So the next day, he brought a bottle of water and two cups with him, which I guess is a slight improvement, no. but only slight. It's not classy. It's not classy. Even the guy's poor, but buy her a stupid can of you know soda or something. Right and 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 dollars right spend two <laughs> that kind of feedback could be very you want thoughts you want thoughts you have to you have to decide let's do uh, Jesse I'm going to take a question from you and then a new basic hilchos lochon hara for shiduchim that you got to know Jesse go right so should this the liaison be a neutral friend ideally but sometimes it varies sometimes it's somebody's brother or you know people a friend. I, I think there's a lot to be said for a professional who has great sensitivity and wisdom, who like does this for a living. But it could be anybody. And the reason why, if it's somebody who's nogei bedavar, who's biased in it, yeah, they may sway things. They may add to the, the awkwardness. It, 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 sometimes, sometimes, for example, somebody in it suggests it and then gives over the middle uh, middle stuff to somebody else, to a more neutral party, which I think is a good point. You know, you have to give the Basic for this. Um, you know, in order to be Lashonhara, what are the three, the Chafetz Chaim sets this out, what are the three things for it to be Lashonhara? It has to be true. If it's false, it's called a separate category. It has to be either damaging or derogatory. Meaning, if you just say, um, nice sweatshirt. That's fine. It's a neutral line. There's nothing damaging. There's nothing derogatory. Right. A lot of it is in tone. Do you know that? Do you know, Lashon Hara doesn't have to be verbal. Lashon Hara could be like this. Watch me. Lashon Hara could be this. 
be an eye roll. Could be just you know, could be a what they call a diss. You know, something, something like that that people, that people do. A what? Um, no, I mean, it's an old-fashioned term. It's still used. I don't know. It's still hip. It's still, it's still good. Okay, so um, so it has to be either derogatory, meaning it could be damaging without being derogatory. Derogatory being da- without being damaging. Damaging is objectively, you know, when you say something, it's, it's hurtful. It's harmful. Or the person loses their reputation or damages on some level. You lose money as a result. You spread a bad rumor. That's obviously damaging. Derogatory is intentional, trying to cause damage, even if it's not necessarily damaging. Nice like you say, shirt. you know, you can still, you say, your mother wears army boots, which really right, doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't, doesn't damage me. But if it's intended derogatorily, then that's a problem. So either damage or derogatory. And the key point here is the third thing it has to be what's the third criteria for to be to be Lashon Hara? Not Latoelis. <laughs> right, the Toelis is the key word. Anybody not know Toelis? You gotta know this word. My good intention. Okay. Toelis means with some kind of productive benefit. Toelis. There has to be a purpose in saying it. If there's no Toelis, it's Lashon Hara. If there's no Toelis, and, and people who know this are always thinking Toelis. Wait a minute, is there Toelis? I know something about somebody, and I think there's Toelis in me telling you because maybe you're going to make a business deal with them, and I don't think it'd be a good shit up for a business deal, and so I'm telling you this Litoelis. Wait, you ever hear people or, speak or like this? Or as the conversation starts, it's also Litoelis. It has to be Litoelis. What? As, as, as the conversation starts, it's Litoelis. So in Shiduchim, sometimes there's tremendous Toelis. You have an obligation to say, for example, if you know that she is a, uh, you know, she's, she's a criminal with a record, she's a kleptomaniac, oh right? And you know that your friend is about to see her, you have to let him know. That's very much Toelis. You can't keep such a thing. That's not even Lashon Hara. It's, 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 it's forbidden to keep that such a thing a secret. You have to know how to navigate this. What are the limits of Lashon Hara? Uh, and, and, um, and, and again, if it's like, so this is the example that I gave before. If the guy doesn't know to offer the girl something to drink, it's Toelis to tell the Shadchan, tell him. Tell him for the future so that he doesn't mess himself up in the process. Abba, go ahead. Um, yeah, I just know like a lot of times that when my, my siblings get married, like just all the women like just talk a lot. So like a lot of times, a lot of like things they'll say will we'll probably like a lot of times I will hear things like. People don't learn this topic well enough. What I just said to you is a great formula. It's it's really a rule of thumb. I think it's pretty clear, no? It's logical. This one. Toelis, not Toelis, pretty clear. And you can hear in human behavior I think, I think it's how people, when... people mess up in this area. They say, oh, this is completely the Toelis, and then they slide into pure Lashon Hara. And they start, let's say, with Lashem Shemai, which is a little Toelis, and you know how you know how fun it is to say Lashon Hara? This the dirt about people. So much fun. It's so much fun. It makes us feel so good about ourselves. Right? So you can understand how even well-intending people who, right, who, uh, you know, who mean well, they'll slide right into Lashon Hara, and you to catch yourself here. Lashonara is an Issa de Rice. It's a major prohibition. Be, be wary of this. And uh, you can destroy a person. Like someone asks you. Like, about your friend. You might have an obligation to say it. On the other hand, you might Okay, have and there's a big topic, Alice. It's not really what I focus on. But let me say it like this. Many of the books can say... You should limit the amount you give over the Toelis. For example, let's say you have a really good friend, and you know the juiciest dirt on this woman, and you can say to her, you can say to him, that can't be comfortable. You're okay. How are you? Am I okay? Okay. Um, you can say, you can get away and say, you can say to your friend, trust me, don't see her. 
don't make me elaborate. If you have the friendship with this guy of the level that he would say, oh, that's good. That's good enough for me. I don't need to know anymore. And he would call off the date. That's the ideal way of doing it. Meaning, you don't have to give over so much information. The Coelis. If, however, if he would say, I'm sorry, she seems great for me. That's not enough. You're going to have to really persuade me not to go out with her. Then you're going to have to say whatever minimal amount you can say to give over the idea that you think he needs to hear. And potentially, potentially you have to say everything. You have to use your discretion, in other words. Sometimes, yeah, do you hear that idea? It's a subtle idea, and you have to, you have to test the limit sometimes. Um, but yeah, you, you do want to be careful. This is a piece of what, what if the person's not against you at all? Like, let's say you went, oh, guess, guess what? So and so's getting married, and you know something that's like really bad about that person. Are you prefer that I'll go call the person they have to be married? Maybe if you think you you might but, not know. But you're calling no shots to the person at all. Like, uh, you probably aren't the right you person. You should be careful because it's Absolutely. often. You know, it's more often the case is that we just don't know the whole picture, so we think we're doing them a favor by calling them up, and meanwhile they knew everything, and it was all, and you just complicated their lives. So you might want to consult with a rabbi or somebody who's more in the know to see if it's the right thing to do. I mean, you realize we're really fragile. People are, are and, and, and and this whole area is something we could mess up people's lives. You want to handle this one with exceeding care. I want to move on. I want to move on. In the way. In the way that you deal with this, um, I'm quoting Argamara. Ooh, that's Argamara. It's in Makos. You see the the uh, Ooh, The way you treat other people is the way Kaddish Baruch treats you. So if you go out of your way to be menschlich and nice and thoughtful and caring, so hopefully you'll be handled in the same ways. It's the means, not the ends. That's what I say. Um, okay, number four. I, I I did number three already. Yeah. Okay. Number four. Um, this is really obvious, but maybe it's not so obvious. Check to see about the family. Are they Jewish? Are they mamzerim? You know, it's forbidden for a Yisrael to marry a mamzer. You may not know. Rabbi, that information is usually not known. I know, but sometimes it is. Probably sometimes they can figure it out. If there's a known instance of mamzerus, don't marry them. It's an Israel. Yeah, but suppose if the woman had the child, had the child with a man who was married. For example, that's one example. There are many other kinds of mamzerus, and it's exceedingly common. The only, that's the only mamzer. No, so if she's married, the most common form of mamzer. No, so I'm, saying, I'm, saying, I'm sorry. If she's no, if she's if she's married, think if she's, married. she's with someone who's not married. A man who marries his aunt and they they, they reproduce that kid's a mamzer. Right? The exception of Nida, with the exception of Nida, mamzerus is, 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 is a permanent stain. And so it's a far, I mean, I agree that we're often in the dark over such things, but but you want to be careful not to marry a mom, sir. I told you a story, those of you who were there this morning, um, I told you, I, I think I'll be right here for a second, in a second, but I told you the story of the guy who, after five kids, um, found out that his wife wasn't Jewish. And so he has these five little goyim that, that, are, that are his offspring. And, and she wasn't interested in converting either. So his life is destroyed because he didn't do proper research. Come on, so what's a mom, sir? Mamzer is a product, a child who comes out from a, an illegal Torah, halakhically illicit union. So the classic example is what Mayor says, a woman who was married and she has an extramarital affair or alternately she doesn't, and this is really common, she doesn't get a proper get, the bill of divorce from her first husband and she gets remarried, all the new kids are mamzerim. She is, she's, oh, she's considered an ish, and she's an adulteress. Her husband, her new second husband, is an adulterer, and their children are all mamzerim, which is a permanent stain. Harsh. Um, is it, uh, if someone, if two people have a child, 
without That's usually like, how it goes, yeah. Right. Without getting married. Without getting married. Oh, I mean, men marry men now, you don't know how it goes. Without, yeah, go ahead. Right. Without, uh, without a proper kosher marriage. Right. Is the child like. No, not necessarily. Nida does not presume mamzerus. So if the woman didn't go to the mikveh and she's not pure and they cohabit, they're bolchayeth karis. But um, careful with that one. Um, but the kid is not a mamzer. Alternately, she uh, didn't go. She did go to the mikveh. If she did not go to the mikveh, it's a Torah prohibition that the punishment, if they know about it and they do it anyway, is called karis. Uh, karis. Not that big of a deal. Um, your soul dies, and you die prematurely, and all your kids all die. But other than that, it's okay. The um, yeah, the uh, that's kares. Um, other things that don't have mamzerus attached to it. Um, yeah, what's called znus. If a man uh, cohabits with a woman out of wedlock and she's not married technically, right? She's not married. That's an isur de rabbanon. Don't get any ideas. Uh, that's, a, that's an isur de rabbanon. If the woman's not married, it's an isur de rabbanon of znus. Well, he could have, could not be married. He doesn't matter about him. Adultery is defined around the woman. The man's married and the woman is not married, then that's not called adultery, and the child is not is not a mamzer. Yeah, bro. With I mean, I know that this was the big thing with uh, the tribe of Dan. Yeah, well, Ethiopians. Okay. Can we talk We're about that? Slide into that now. We Can we please? Sure. sure. Tell me real quick about it. Okay, it's right. interesting. Really? And it's not just Ethiopians; it's Karaites. No, no, but I'm saying, but like even Jews, Jews, that's what I'm saying. Reform Jews, Jews Reform okay. Jews. That's fine. where I was going. Okay, fine. I'll say very quickly. I know Brock. Uh, we've done this before, haven't we? No. Oh, uh, yes, but okay, fine. I'll review this. I mean, no, this again. What I'm talking about? Oh. Ethan, you definitely know. You will definitely recognize this one. Tomorrow and here. Okay. Um, Kiddushin Tovsin. Marriage is actually pretty easy. How easy is it? You know the Cracker Jack, Shyland Rub Moshe? Yeah. Guy uh, was at a party, he's joking around, he gets a Cracker Jack ring. Cracker Jack still exists? Yes. Okay. Gets a Cracker Jack ring, he says, oh, hurry up, look audaciously. <laughs> and um, after the party's over, they're all joking, after the party's over, somebody suggests to him that he might want to um, check to see if there was a problem between him and that woman. And Rav Moshe says, yes, you have to give her a divorce. Huh. And there was marriage happens very, very and among the Benafkamin is she can't marry a Cohen from now on. Um, so a lot of, a lot of it's very easy to get married. Kesar Sharabia, anybody know the first Mishnah in Kedushin? Kesar Sharabia, right. So marriage is not a big deal. You can get married very, very easily. And, and marriage happens diaraisa with any of the above. Kesif with some kind of monetary, Shabapruta, Shar with a document, or Bia, cohabiting. Um, divorce only happens, all it says in the Torah about divorce is that he writes her a seed of creases. It never spells out in the Torah how to go about doing that. For that, we need Chazal. If they're not living with Chazal, they don't have proper divorces. Ethiopian Jews, if indeed they are from the tribe of Dan, as the Red Baz, among other post-game, thought that they were from the tribe of Dan. Um, by the way, that's not the approach. The, ra- the chief rabbinate took a different approach to Ethiopian Jews when Operation Moshe, Moshe happened, Moses happened in uh, 1984, and they started coming in large numbers to Israel. Um, what they did effectively was they took them down to the Mediterranean, and they, they dunked them in the Mediterranean en masse and had a mass conversion. They treated them as if they were going, basically, not knowing their status, and as a convert, there's no problem. What about circumcision? They circumcise them too. They give, they give them, if they already had a, a bris mila, they gave them what's called hotsas dam bris. They extracted blood and there was a symbolic brace. Um, the problem, if we assume the first view, that they're from the tribe of Dan, anybody who's from the tribe of Dan who's still living as a Jew, as a community, is living with Torah law but not rabbinic law. Logically, because they're not connected with the Talmud. They, they split from the Talmud, right? We follow that? Is that necessarily true? 
Well, how would it work otherwise? If they've been isolated down in Ethiopia, away from the Jews since Talmudic period, they don't have rabbinic law. Period. Therefore, um, no, the Yemenite community claims to trace um, as, as early as Shlomo HaMelech in the first temple period, but there's only a legend. We, we hold that they were connected to Klal Yisrael. And the Rambam has a whole thing. He saved the Yemenite community, but that's their different story. I know we don't assume that. But with the Ethiopian community, if this shot is right, let me do this quickly. This is not our topic, and I'm not going to get through my checklist. Um, so so um, it's a very interesting topic, and you'll hear a lot of ramifications come out of this. But um, they, therefore, would be living by Torah law, and their marriages are all good, their divorces are all bad. No kiddush, no gitin properly. There's no get lishma. Anybody learn gitin here as a sugya? So there's no get lishma. You don't know why you're doing it. So all their divorces are wrong. And presumably, if you have a whole community like this, there were at least some over the ages, there were some divorces followed by some remarriages. And therefore, there are going to be some people who are adulterous. And therefore, the, the children from those second unions would be mamzerim. You have a whole community for thousands of years living like this, generation after generation, some of those people can be mamzerim, some of them are not. Now, a mamzer can't marry a Jew, a Yisrael. A Yisrael can't marry a mamzer. Suffolk mamzer is worse. A Suffolk mamzer can't marry anybody, because you may be a mamzer and you may be Yisrael. That means, and, and they, according to the Ashkenazi post scheme, the Sephardi post scheme, starting with the Mechaber going down to Rav Avadia, are making on this, but starting with the Ramah, and going with the modern Ashkenazi post scheme, they're Mahmer on this. According to the Ashkenazi post scheme, and even some Sephardi post scheme, although that's, they're, they're, they're not the consensus among the Sephardi, is the status is Suffolk mamzer, they're a questionable mamzer, because if a whole community may be having proper gitin and maybe not, then as they, they may be mamzerim, they may not be mamzerim. Why can't a Suffolk mamzer marry anybody? Because maybe, maybe the Suffolk mamzer is they're really technically a mamzer and they can't marry Israel. Alternately, maybe they're really uh, uh, a Israel and they can't marry a mamzer. And ultimately, they, they, they can't even marry one another because this one may be mamzer, this one may be Israel. So it's the pits. It's the worst. And again, the solution of the chief rabbinate was to say, we don't believe that they're even Jewish. And we're going to dunk them in the Canera in, in, in the Mediterranean and solve the whole problem. The Karaites, but, but the Karaites are a similar issue. But conservative, any divorce that they have is not uh, official divorce. Yeah, well, conservative don't count. They're um, they're married. Yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Uh, uh, talk to Daddy. Go ahead, Daddy. Right. So basically, what you're saying. So. Uh, so then, um, uh, conservative reform, whatever, you know, not really. But Moshe saved the conservative reform. What do we say about them? Uh, Moshe controversially said that their marriages to begin with are not marriages. How? how so, since their marriages, because, and it's interesting because Kedushin, we just said, happens very easily, but if they were, if their marriages, and I'm sure there are at least some people here who, whose parents might have had a conservative reform marriage, um, so if their rabbi was there, by definition of Moshe says that the wedding is puzzle. Their marriage is not a marriage. They're living in Znus, but that's an issue to Rabbanon, and therefore, surely, that we said before, an issue to Rabbanon is not a marriage. So I'm saying, you have the husband, you were the regular, which is the wife, and like you have from relatives, let's say at the wedding? Yeah. So you have two from relatives. Yeah, but Moshe says because it's presided over by a reformed that it puzzles the whole thing. Vaiter. So, um, check family background. You really don't want to get into this kind of situation. You won't know for sure, but talk to your friends. See as best you can. I, I told you my um, it's my only one, and, and you'll get one that's inevitably at the end of class. Somebody's going to leave it on the table, so you'll get it all make Xeroxes for you for tomorrow. 
Um, I told you about my experience. We had to register. We got married in Eretz Israel. We got married right over here. A beautiful place doesn't exist anymore. Overlooking Harabais on a summer night. Um, I should bring my photo album and show you our wedding. It's really very pretty. We did um, long hair back then too. What's that? We did have the long hair. No, no. By then I was. It was the last time I was clean shaven in my life. Ever since then I've had a beard. Oh, is that what it looks like? Uh, I showed you the photo, right? Avi Mar- no, you didn't. I didn't show you? No. Who saw it? Avi Mar- oh, Avi McGrath decided, right? Okay. Um, that's so interesting. Anyway, um, oh, we had to go through the chief rabbinate and, and register, and they wanted to know, because we were, we were like official in Israel's books, how do we know that we're Jewish? So I'm a Balchuva. We come from no background whatsoever, and, and so we had to prove that we're Jewish. We had to bring two witnesses, you know, two witnesses, right? Mongols. So we brought our, I brought my old buddies, um, Glenn, Glenn and Joshi. Um, Glenn with the earring and Joshi with the long hair and um, and they go in and they, they, they're, they're interviewed by the base team and I was there I thought it was comic they, they said well how do you know that they're Jewish and they said well they're Jewish <laughs> and then they said well you know do they keep Shabbat yeah and um, you know if you've been to their house and their mother yeah, yeah she likes the candles you know, I mean, it was, how else are they supposed to figure it out? So there's obviously, it's tenuous, these things. It's not so, it's not a clear-cut science, but as best you can figure out, we were Jewish, by the way. How far back is the It's subjective. There are people who pride themselves of having meticulous yichis, like the Jews of Bavel, who were famous, known, that they have tremendous yichis, and there are people who have, you know, Hashub rabbinic family lines and so on. They trace their ancestry. If you go back to Rashi, you're basically from the Davidic line. So you want to maintain purity. There are people who don't take this personally. There are people who would never marry any of you. It's okay. They don't marry me either. That's fine. You know, I don't take it personally. It's fine. You don't have to be. You don't have to marry everybody. You just need one girl. And the fact that you'd be disqualified by some people, okay, they're looking for something particular. They want somebody who has, who can trace their lineage, and I don't know. Sometimes apparently people can do that nowadays. In in Milwaukee, there are as a I didn't hear it. They can trace it back to Admiration. They claim so they claim. I take these things with a grain of salt. There's a lot of reasons to question it. Okay. Um, Hashkafic issues are much more in your hands. This is established that you can do. Um, this is just some sampling of, of, of a list of questions that you can, and I encourage you to ask as follows. Um, when I say what attitude towards feminism, everybody has an opinion about feminism. Some are feminists, some are radically anti-feminists. All of these questions will influence your life. And it would be a great idea if you're on some kind of same page as your prospective wife. It'd be a terrible thing to find out after the chuppah that, you know, it turns out that she was expecting complete egalitarian gender role division, and you were expecting your wife to cook for you and clean for you and to serve you dishes, serve you, you know, nice meals and while, while you did your thing and went out to work. Um, these are all really important questions to explore before you get married. Maybe, I don't know, it has to be in the first date, but these are, these are among, in this list are sample uh, topics that you can discuss. I mean, on your first date, you want to make, you want to show that you're sociable, that you can make some small talk. Small talk, by the way, there's a lot, I, I, I don't like small talk. Nobody knows me. I'm not into small talk, but it plays a role in life. If you can at least have some kind of social presence on, on a, some level, make conversation, tell a joke, jokes are good in these things, it lightens the, te- the, the, the tension in the air. That, that's a healthy way of, of going about things. But at one point, sooner rather than later, you probably want to get topless and say, what is your feeling about feminism. You know, you'll, you might hear an earful of, oh, I hate those feminists, I'm anti-feminist, I'm going to go, great, okay, that's your perspective. Maybe that jives with you, maybe it doesn't. Everybody has some kind of a, a reaction to the modern feminist. The role of women in the Jewish house today has changed radically in the last 200 years, and it's not all monolithic, and you're going to have to figure out what kind of house you're going to have. Now's a good time to find that out. 
Um, right? That then leads to the other question is, what are the role divisions as you would define them? Um, are, you know, now the Shulchan Aron says that the man makes the money, but you know, many of the gedolim today say that it's a higher imperative today to learn Torah. Maybe some of you are going to go into full-time learning. That's commendable. That's admirable. You may be bringing Mashiach and doing that. Um, is she on board? That requires a certain mysterious nefesh, self-sacrifice on her part. Is she into that? Um, conversely, does she want a full-time job? Well, what does that mean about child-rearing? And then you get into a little discussion about shot children. Um, does the man never change a diaper? Is that okay? Do you, are you a new age sensitive guy that shares, you know, you change all the diapers, she's going to be the career woman, you're going to stay home. That's an unusual scenario, but it could happen. Um, yes, that would be good take to talk about. So, um, yeah. There are a lot, of, a lot of conflicts, a lot of conflicts in marriage. This is true. Um, I, I, I told you I'm a therapist, right? So there's a whole field of marital therapy. The Dilk Naji talks about contextual um, problems where they each come, and all of us are like this. We all come, whether we realize it or not, with our, he calls it family ledger. What is a family ledger? It means that you grew up in a certain way, and there are certain codes, unspoken codes of conduct in your family. This is the way we do things. You, uh, you know, there's some families where, especially families that have lots of women in them, um, you do not leave the toilet seat Okay? And some people don't hear about that. So if she's from such a family, you've never even heard the concept, that's a, that's a fight waiting to happen. If you're not sensitive to it. I can see that. Conversely, uh, there's families where everybody, everybody clears the table. That's just what you do. You finish eating and everybody clears the table. Uh, the father does the dishes or the father takes out the garbage, whatever the unspoken rules are. If she's going with one, one set of assumptions and you're going with the other set of assumptions, that may be uh, a fight waiting to break out. It's good to talk to, and you can make light of it, you can oh, joke so around it. The first day, like, no. so vicious. No, I know. <laughs> but I'm saying, but this, 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 this kind of material is, is, you can make light of this. You can talk about what's it like, you can ask, what does Shabbos look like in your family? You know, this is, what, this is what we do for Shabbos. How do you envision Shabbos around your table? Um, for people who are, most people, in the world that we're from, are either less from or more from than their parents? No, is that a fair statement? Yeah. Less or more, right? So, how do you envision your life's going to be? Yeah. What's in your family's life? In your family's, uh, you know, how 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 do you envision things? Um, right. I said, who earns, who learns, how much? Um, you, you, this is hard to ask, but you can try to maybe look at the details. Sometimes people communicate in nonverbal ways. How materialistic are both of you? How's she dressed? Sometimes you can pick up a few based on that. Um, what she looked for, what her expectations are, um, where the family's from, what the, maybe people know what kind of simplest they make. There's certain standards that they assume are going to happen. Um, that may not be comfortable for you, or alternately, they may not be good enough. Some people are incredibly simple to a fault. And, every, and, and the things that we do, um, we all have our, this is what we were talking about before, our standards, the things we're looking for. Um, it's reasonable that you have your expectations. You, 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 you can forgive yourself for being human, and this is what you like, and this is what you're looking for, but it's a good idea to bring these things up now, before, before you uh, come up with some major uh, contrast in personality, in, in, in expectation. Um, there are a lot, you don't need to marry your twin. I, I'm moving on to number six now. Check personality. You don't need to marry your twin, and Ravolbi says you don't need to marry your Chavrusa either. A woman, and this is the main, the main, what I really want to get to is the real bulk of this class. This is all preliminary. What we're going to start tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, is marriage itself. The main challenge of marriage is how fundamentally different, what different beasts we are, the female versus the male. And we just do things differently, and 
a lot of it, especially in the Jewish, the, the traditional Jewish role divisions, we're doing different things. So I don't know, but sometimes it's nice to have somebody who's very different than you, and you can complement one another. You can also complement one another, which means you, know, you look so nice tonight. Wow. But, but complement with an E means um, you actually make up for one another's lackings. You know, she's the fastidious one. She's the one who is, is really on top of the books. He is, he is totally out of it in that area. Great. She'll take that part of the marriage, right? And she'll, she'll be the one who does all that, right? So, so if you're both um, neurotics, sometimes that doesn't work either. You can be neurotic in different directions. So these are things without a perfect cocktail. You, there's no perfection out there. That you're never going to find uh, the perfect shit. But these are things that you want to look into. There's certain qualities that are disqualifying. You want to you want to you want to figure what they are out. Um, problem solving. How do they do with that? That's not something you can really figure out in shit updates. But you could ask their roommates. How do they deal with stress? How were they during midterms? Okay. That that could be those could be questions. Um, ask ask what was the most stressful situation that you ever experienced and had to deal with it. Right. These are reasonable questions. The good conversation kind of things. Um, um, some people can manage with change very gracefully. Others are disasters. Also, try to pick up on that as much as you can. Um, communication is well, very change like marriage. Like marriage is change. Right. Right. And everything. Life is change. The first babies and getting a mortgage and moving to a new community and moving to a new job. Right. These often bring out the worst in people. How do they deal with it? Some people are. You know, stoic and steady goes, and everything's good. Fine. Um, some people are not, and you know, if you're if you're if you're a basket case and she's a basket case, good. I'm gonna lace her up. You gotta get that shit going for yourself. Um, what else do I have here? Uh, yeah, communication's pretty big. Um, some people, most men are lousy at it. Most men. Um, to communicate is to expose yourself, and exposing ourselves means we're not we macho, we're not manly. So we try to you know, put up a nice front in front of people. No, that's news. That's not news. That's that you agree with that? It's just something true, right? So we tend we're not women. I quoted this before because I'll say ten barrel, ten measures of conversation came into the world. Nine of them were taken by the women. They are naturally communicators. Not all of them, but most generally they're better than we are. They can express their ideas. That's useful. It's good to be open. Say it like it is. Um, I, I write there then also... Oh, yeah, personality. Um, people play mind games. The Pulling the keys out of the car is just one example, but often women say, well, if you didn't buy me flowers and think of it on your own, then that's your problem. But other, she never told you that she wanted or expected it, so you're kind of in a losing situation. As best you can, you know, mind games are an issue. The whole Western notion of breaking the proposal, what do they call it, breaking the... Playing hard, yeah. playing hard to get. Oh, yeah, that's also, that's like a mind game. What do you need that for? Be upfront. Be direct. I encourage as best you can. Um, this spontaneous proposal, or he's surprised. You know, like um, they go to the they go to the Giants game, the Mets game, whatever, right? Right, and then suddenly on the screen, and, she, and she's and she's sitting. You ever, yeah, this is like a true scenario, and she's sitting there, and, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's so sweet, that's so cute." They're all like running cute, Penny in the stands, but she's sitting there thinking, I, "I was unaware that it got this serious, and I don't think I want to marry him." Right? That should never. In, 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 a, in, a, in a classic but, Jewish in a classic arrangement it should be patently clear from the get go that this is either going towards there or away from there you know by the time you actually get around to closing the deal it should be pretty evident between both parties there should be no surprise involved if there's a surprise involved something's something's wrong from the foundation something's messed up in that marriage I mean we a little autobiographical we 
It didn't go entirely traditional. We were Bali Chuva recently. But we had some guidance, Baruch Hashem, and um, we dated for a couple of weeks. And after a couple of weeks, weeks. we couple of weeks we dated. I mean, not consistently, not every night, but we, in the course of a couple of weeks, we went out, we went on a few dates. And I remember getting to the point after two weeks of, okay, um, anything else you want to talk about? We went through this. Basically, we were very open. We talked about everything. And um, it was evident we were going to get married. But coming from our backgrounds, we realized our families are going to disown us. If we get engaged after two weeks, they think we'll, we'll, they'll, they'll have us locked up. So we waited six weeks. And when we got engaged after six weeks, they had us locked up. No, they, they wanted to at least. They, they thought, oh, after only six weeks, you can't do it. I, when I, when I call, we got engaged on the train going out towards uh, Tel Aviv. Good place to get engaged. But that's what we did. And I called my mom, and I have one sister who has the same first name as my wife, by coincidence. And, and apparently it happened that my sister got engaged the same day. Over no, in California. No, really? wow. Yeah, right. And we didn't. She'd been dating her. I mean, they're not from state. She'd been dating her boyfriend for a long time. So I didn't expect that coming. Anyway, um, but we, uh, you know, you knew. At one point, you should know. It should be clear to you. And then uh, the rest is is gravy. And the rest is really our question initially, Isaac, about you know what do you do? How do you figure this out? Yeah, at one point, you just gotta okay. Let's get married. Let's get married. We'll dive. We'll continue diving. That is your problem. And now the hard job starts with, with, with uh, yeah. Wait, wait, you asked the father, uh, the father of the bride, uh, <laughs> before you rose? Listen, well, I mean, like we, normally, we, we normally. were in touch, we, yeah, for sure. You've gone through, listen, um, before they go on the first date, the parents decide yes or no. By the time they're going out on the first date and classic shit at dating, the parents are already out of the picture, but they've already given their endorsement or not. Oh, so they already endorsed the date. They've endorsed the first date. They, that's, not, um, that's not hermetically sealed. There is, at any time, and people sometimes back out of shit for all kinds of reasons, there's no one formula that, that, that's correct. But generally speaking, it's harder, you know, when you become parents too, you're going to want to be sensitive. Once they go out, and especially if bonds of, uh, you know, of affection are, are formed between them and the rest of that, it's not nice to have to, to make them... One of the reasons I mentioned is that I, I've gone around, especially when we have questions about about the guy. I'll meet with the guy before they even before they even go out with my daughter, because better that I should say no to him than they should go out on a date and all the emotional baggage that comes along with that, and they hopes up and then no, it's not good. Better that I should see if it's if I feel it's appropriate. I'm close enough with my daughter to know what she's looking for. Yeah. You let them know that you're with firearms. <laughs> but I have a question. So does, how did how did we're, we're over time? I'm sorry, I, 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 and I didn't finish my list. But we'll do two more questions and then we're done. Um, like engagements in the, in the religious community, I don't know the world that kind of community. How yeah, right. has it happened? Like, is it when we actually get engaged? Get down on one knee with the ring. It was not like that. Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get engaged. Go ahead, Eitan. Tomorrow we'll get engaged. Uh, what about the situation? Come on, time. You see that our time is going to fly. We have no time to finish any of any material. So come, come on, time tomorrow. Eitan. What about a situation where one's parents been like the most ideal? That one's parents have been most ideal. So don't involve them. Every case is different. For sure. Use a rabbi, use a mentor, use an older sibling if that's, if that's more valid. If you're not going to bring these back, give them to me now. If you're going to hold on to them, then keep them.